All right, hey, how's everybody doing? We are doing awesome today because we have Phil Shirelli. How you doing? Well, I'm good to see you, my yeah. friend. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. Um, so I know you first from, uh, we played in a little band together a couple years ago. Yes, we did. Way out in Greenwood, a mm -hmm. country act, as I recall. Yeah. Shadow Riders? Shadow Riders, yeah. yeah. Good and, times, good yeah. times. It was and, fun. Yeah, that was a that was another one of those big bands that I've been in that it are was. six to eight peep person. And, and really, the first time that I had ever played uh, with a steel guitar player, I played country mm. music on and off all my life, but uh, the first time I got to play with a real steel player, man, was that great! Mm -hmm. <laughs> was yeah, Harold, as I recall, right? Yeah, he was like seventy or <laughs> he something. He was. Right? Yeah. He was seventy. Yes, what was fun about Harold, too, is that on the first Fridays, he would be out at John Knox Village mm. with gentlemen about his own age. Oh, wow. Doing old standards, and it was wonderful. Oh, yeah. It was great to go see him play. But, There's yeah. nothing like hearing those those old guys play the really old tunes. And play is, them uh, exquisitely. Mm -hmm. You know, and just, it, it was just, it was just wonderful to see. Yeah, because yeah. I know when, when a lot of people play those, like, uh, Tennessee waltzes mm -hmm. and a lot of those really old tunes, yeah. we can't, like, people my age can't help to make it as exciting as possible because we just can't stand it. I know. You know, but, but the then we hear the old guys do it, you know, they, yes. they're doing it as authentically right. as you can hear it. Yeah. And that's great? right. Yeah, yeah, the old adage, simpler is always better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Less is more. You're right, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, so, for those who don't know you, uh, yeah. give you know two three minutes on some of your sure. music Absolutely. career or whatever. Absolutely, I started playing guitar probably when I was about eight or ten years old. My dad was in the military and was working with a, a gentleman who was a country guitar player down in. We were in Texas, and uh, my dad uh, took me to the uh, club or bar that they were playing with, and I got to sit on the stage on top of the bass pin of the bass player. And from that moment on, it was like. Yeah, that's what I that's what I want to be when I grow up. Uh, so music, I played music, gosh, just forever, and uh, and and of course at that age, uh, the Beatles were first coming out, so I got every music book and album, and and tried to learn all of those songs, and uh, uh, played uh, all through high school. Uh, we were stationed in the Memphis, Tennessee area, and so I got to play a lot of rhythm and blues and soul music with. Uh, great players and horn bands and things. Went to college here in Kansas City at Rockhurst, and it was really my first foray into rock and roll. I had been playing country when I was in Texas and soul music in, in Tennessee, and got up here and, <clears throat> and started playing more rock songs, and I had a little college band that played and that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, started to get a little bit to the blues, listening to Eric Clapton and, mm -hmm. and those heroes of mine. Um, after college, uh, still played, had various bands, uh, one of which uh, I was with for about 14 years. It was a country act called Poker Face, and we played throughout the Midwest here for quite a number of years, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. And then I took some time off of the band business, although I continued to play myself, mm -hmm. and then uh, got in a couple bands, uh, one uh, uh, with my youngest son, Tyler, uh, who's a great musician, professional musician, and uh, uh, that was a wonderful time to get to play with him. Oh, sure. Then after that, uh, it, I was kind of on a hiatus for a while, uh, and Tyler suggested that uh, I, I start going to some jams, which I had never done. Mm. I was somewhat reluctant to do, because, you mm. know, so you never really know how you do 
to stack up and right. you know, that kind of thing. So I did go, and dear, dear friend of mine, Scotty Yates, uh, dear friend of Tyler's too, was very encouraging and helpful. And I got into to playing those, and uh, and actually at that point on, my whole guitar vocabulary and style and everything just took leaps and bounds because I was in playing with with folks that, that clearly were better than I was, mm -hmm. and uh, still do a lot of people a lot better than I am. Uh, and I uh, got to learn things and have a great experience with it. So right now I'm, uh, I do play with a band called Blue Plate Special. Uh, we are a, a uh, uh, rock blues band, I guess is what you would call it. Um, into a lot of things like Almond Brothers and Government Mule and mm -hmm. just some really fun stuff. And uh, play with uh, some great players here in town. Jimmy Cavanaugh's our drummer and Willie Newell's our keyboard player. And, and my dearest friends in the world, uh, Gary Doc Holub is our bass player, and and we're just having a good time at it. And that and the in the jams kind of uh, kind of uh, filled that need, I guess is what I should sure, say for, yeah. for that for that musical fix yeah, that, sure. that, that we all that's need. That's what they're good for, yeah. yeah that's for so, sure. so talk yeah. about that a second. When yeah. so when we haven't really talked about this on the show yet about mm -hmm. what. Talk a little bit more about why you were reluctant to go to the jams. Yeah, I think I, I think a lot of times um, we hear about jams and we see them on Facebook or we hear them talk about it, and one is led to believe that it's the best of the best, the most elite that go to these, and that boy, you know, you've really got to be a good player to be invited, mm -hmm. and you don't want to be embarrassed, and all of this kind of stuff, and and so many young players don't go. Heck, I. I wasn't a young player. I was in my right. 50s at the time and had a lot of experience and was confident in my playing, but it was like, man, I don't want to go there and be embarrassed. Right. You know, I don't right. want to be embarrassed. And if I go once and I'm embarrassed, then if I show up again, I go, oh, there's that guy. <laughs> that kind of thing. Don't, and, but, don't be that guy. Yeah, don't be that guy. But, but, you know, again, with the help of Scotty and some encouragement of some other people, I did get up and play. And very quickly I found, in my case, that... Well, I could do this. I, mm -hmm. I could I could keep up with this. This mm -hmm. is fine. Um, were there better players? Of course, there were better players. Mm -hmm. But but that was great for me because I learned from that. And one of the neat things about about uh, most, if not all, of the jams I've been to here, is that those players are more than happy to share with you mm -hmm. and to show you things. That, that you want to learn, or how did you do that lick, or mm. what was that chord progression that you did? And if you are willing to take that first step in mm -hmm. there, once you realize that, that um, there are people there who are very nurturing and very caring, and know why you're there, and have been in the same place mm -hmm. that you've been in, yep. you, you become very comfortable. And uh, so that's, that's why I was reluctant, but why having gone, um, it has helped my playing immensely. Aside from the wonderful people that you meet, and, sure. and band members, potential band members, and, and all of that kind of thing, just good people. Yeah, and we talked about this with Steve and Paul mm -hmm. Greenlees mm -hmm. and the people that I've had on, is that, yeah. I mean, I think the, the the best thing about jams is the amount of people you get to meet. Yes, you know? absolutely. And that's, that's the greatest thing. Absolutely. And that, that's really good about it. Mm -hmm. I thought that was so interesting when you're talking about of your mentality before you get to the jam, yeah. going like, man, I hope I stack up, yeah. I hope I this That's and right. that. That's right. And that, mm -hmm. what, what I 
what I'm most annoyed at in music right now is is cluelessness yeah. on a lot of different fronts. Yes. And one of the cluelessness that I think a lot of jazz players have mm-hmm. is that they they are always well aware of the and we this is bad that we make this hierarchy, yes. you know, that the, the the better players exactly. than me than the younger, you know. Yeah. And it's it's bad that we do that, but it's a little bit inevitable, I think. Mm-hmm. And what I'm always annoyed at with the cluelessness is when guys get up there and they have no clue about that hierarchy. Yeah. You know, they have absolutely no idea. So right. they they don't come in with that attitude of I because yes. they think they're hot stuff. They do. And yeah. You run into that sometimes. And I I am a great uh, uh, fan of Robin Ford. And, and although Robin has some wonderful uh, tutorial things on guitar playing on YouTube, he also has some wonderful teaching moments where he's just talking to people about things. And he talks about those situations. And he talks about the guy that comes in and it's all about him. Yeah. The guy that comes in and goes, uh, aren't you glad I'm here? Right. Let, let me lead you to the promised land. Mm-hmm. And... and who doesn't realize that, and I'll speak for myself, but this is just my opinion about it, um, who doesn't realize that it's about the music. It's, a, it's about what you put out as, a, as an individual in an ensemble and how you serve the music that you're playing. The music doesn't serve you. The other guys on the bandstand in the jam aren't there to serve you. You're all there collectively to to support each other when it's the other person's time to shine. And as Robin says, if you can't get that, if it's all about you, go home. We don't have room for you here. This is this this is for people who enjoy playing for the pure enjoyment of it, who go there to learn, who go there to interact with friends. Uh, to hear great stuff from great players. And that person who is there that wants all the attention on them is is, is a bummer. I mean, yeah. it kind of drags everything down. You yeah. see that uh, uh, with guitar players who, who don't understand the difference between a, a, a volume level for leads and a volume level for rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, and who, that's who, the cluelessness. That's another example of a cluelessness. It's a cluelessness yeah. thing. And, and, you know, and these are little things that, that you learn as you go through, but, but the clueless guitar player who's there with another guitarist or another a keyboardist who does not have an awareness of the types of rhythms that are being played or where chords are being played and in, 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 in what uh, uh, version or inversions are being played and just routinely just plays up and down the neck in anything they want to do, and you're constantly going, well, okay. <laughs> where are you now? <laughs> and that kind of thing. And, and um, um, you know, find a part and play the part in the song to support the song and the right. other folks around you. And when it's your turn to shine, we'll help you shine. Right. We'll get out of your way and help you shine. Yeah. But then it's your job to help others. Um, that's and how it's supposed to be. That's how yeah. it's supposed to be. And, yeah. the, and the great jams. One of the things I love about playing with you uh, whether it was in the Shadow Riders or, or, or at the Jams, is, is you know when to play and when not to play. And as important, what to play and what not to play. 
And in terms of the the cluelessness that you're talking Thanks for about, saying that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. oh you, man, you're you're fabulous. And, and 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 in terms of the cluelessness, all of it comes back to one very simple thing. You have to learn to listen. You have to learn to listen to what's going on around you, and to learn to listen, you have to let go a little bit of that. I'm hearing, and I'm not up here anymore. Right, <laughs> you, ha right. you have to, you have to, you have to give yourself into the songs and into whatnot to find your proper place. So the audience out there hears something beautiful and wonderful. Mm -hmm. So many times, and I know you've seen this too. You have that guy mm -hmm. come in. And, uh, Please he, mention names. <laughs> no, I won't do that. Out you. <laughs> that guy will come in and virtually take over the stage. Yeah. In 15 minutes into it, people are talking to each other, wandering outside for a cigarette, mm. or leaving mm. because now it, it's become a performance in a show. Mm. And that's not what jams are supposed to be about. You know, uh, Everybody should have an opportunity to shine and, mm. and to learn. Yeah, I like, I like what you said there because it's, it's hard to know when we, I think one of, sometimes when, I'm sure a lot of people have come up to you over the years and go like, how do you guys just get up there with each other yes. and just don't even, you don't even know what's going on oh, and you I just know. deal with it. And, I know. And the, one of my responses to that is that obviously some of the songs, we all know them. Sure. So we can just jump up there because yeah, we already know the song. Right. But the other part is the idea that we... A lot of times we're we don't have to choose the entire world to improv right now like every yeah. single note in history yeah. because you just mentioned something how he just played something over there mm -hmm. which is now basically sort of telling me what I'm gonna play exactly right you're saying the exactly listening right. where the he listening is part. he is he's taken over this part of mm -hmm. the song mm -hmm. and so therefore now right. that tells me that I need to play yeah. here or yeah. I need to play up a register up, or up. whatever the or, thing is or his rhythm pattern is such that mm -hmm. the only thing i can bring to the song is a downbeat on four yeah and that's my contribution mm -hmm. to the song i don't need to play over him or embellish what he's mm -hmm. doing i need to find the place yeah and sometimes i think it i think it was um um Miles Davis, mm -hmm. that said, sometimes the most important notes are the notes that aren't played. Yeah, yeah. The and spaces that are left. Yeah. And, and I think that comes from listening, and that comes from wanting to make the song the best it can be. Yeah. Not, not wanting the audience to go, oh, listen to that. Oh, listen to that. Mm -hmm. Listen to that guy. No, listen to the song. Right. Listen enjoy what these wonderful players are contributing and how they each make it the best that it can be mm -hmm. in, in that situation. So before we get off of yeah. open jams, yeah. uh, uh, tell me a little yeah. bit of things that maybe maybe not even musically, but whatever you'd want to say on this, of, of mm -hmm. things that maybe would be good advice for jammers in sure. general. Sure. First of all, I would say although it's contrary to one's nature, don't be afraid to mm. come in. Mm. Don't be yeah. afraid. We will welcome you with open arms as mm. long as you're not 
that guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I noticed that when I got into town, even with my kind of weird instrument yeah. coming over to rock jams and yeah. blues jams, I mean, they're like, dude, dude, come up, come, do it. yeah. They're like, yes, we yeah. we have dumb guitar players all yeah, day. Yeah, you know, exactly. We want your violin exactly. or That's your exactly whatever. Right. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Um, 99% of the, of, of the people that will play there will be more than happy, not only to share their knowledge, share their gear with you. Mm -hmm. If you don't feel comfortable in bringing your own guitar and stuff, mm -hmm. use mine. Mm -hmm. I'd be happy to let you use it. You know, uh, uh, Ask questions. What's that pedal do? What's that amp? How do you set that up? What's the name of that song what's, you just played? Yeah, yeah what's yeah, the name yeah, of that yeah, song yeah, that was played? Yeah. What does it mean when he says one, four, five? I don't know yeah, what that means. Yeah. Uh, until you learn it, you don't know what it means yeah. and you won't learn it yeah. unless you put yourself in a situation to be open to learn. Yeah. Uh, we've had, uh, and I'm delighted to have seen this happen, many young players come in who were beginners yeah. or maybe advanced beginners at best, who after coming to the gym for three or four or five months, uh, and sitting in and we throw them under the bus mm -hmm. because they are reluctant to and they go, right. take it. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. mm -hmm. And they yeah. just do it and they become very, very good players. And and uh, that's very satisfying. That's oh, yeah. very satisfying to, to be able to uh, uh, help another musician. I think too many times we forget we were that kid yeah. and there mm -hmm. was somebody there holding our hand. Right. And it's only right that, that we... Uh, that we help the next one. Because it, it's weird. It's a weird dichotomy because we know that we want to make everybody sound good. Mm -hmm. um, but we know that part of, and this happens at the jazz jams a lot, and uh, there where you, 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 we know that we do need to hold their hand a little bit the first mm -hmm. couple times, mm -hmm. but we also know eventually mm -hmm. you need to just, you know, throw them off the cliff yeah. and see if they fly, yeah, you know, exactly. and, and so you that's a weird moment where how do you do that you perfectly, do you know, it's, it's that's tough. Right. And, and during the break, maybe you sit down with them and go, hey, that was great, let me make some suggestions yeah, for you to yeah. think about. They, it's, it's a wonderful give and take. You know, I like how you worded that too, and that, that's something that I, that I kind of get on <clears throat> my opinion about some of the, the band leaders mm -hmm. of the jams sure. is that when is it appropriate to say stuff like that and how do you say it to them? Because right. there's a lot, of, especially in the classical world, it's not like this because everybody's gone through 400 violin sure. lessons. So yeah. they're, they're used to taking right. criticism, right. but a lot of these mm -hmm. non-classical players are not used yeah, to taking criticism. To and so like sometimes, no matter how you say it, they're mm -hmm. going to take it bad just because yeah. it's their personality. But What I've tried to do is... is uh, um, a lot of times, let that person open up the conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, I really like what you played, uh, or that was a lick from so and so. Yeah, it was, you know. And and realize where that that other person's coming from, and realize that what they really want to know is how did you do that, yeah. or what did you know, and recognize that for what it is, and say, hey, let me show you that, mm -hmm. let, or or yeah, let let me show you how that worked. And, and you, it may not be the first time you talk to them, but maybe the next time they'll say, well, what'd you think of that, that I did? Right. Well, there's some good parts. Yeah. You might want to think about how this is built and here's some things to work on or think right. about. And I've always found that that approach has been a good one rather than, well, you dumb kid, go home and practice. I mean, right. that doesn't, 
that's he's been doing that. You know, he yeah. does real world stuff. He she. Yeah, you know, right, right. Um, yeah, that's a good point. And mm-hmm. I, I'm always fascinated as a teacher about mm-hmm. how you come at somebody like that. And yeah. and my my mom always talks about the when. And you just mentioned yeah. kind of the when. Maybe the, the when. first conversation is not the time. Not the time. And uh, you know, you see because. A lot of these guys, we see them oh, yeah. within three months. We'll see them at least three times. Yeah, you know? and exactly. So, so the time that's exactly after a right. while, if you mm-hmm. can have a decent music memory, which we all kind of do, we kind of we remember who plays what and oh, how good yeah. and exactly. like and exactly. and so yeah, mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, I find that to be the most satisfying part of yeah. jams is to be able to uh, help somebody like so many have helped me. Uh, uh, Pass that along and watch and watch those people blossom and come off with a smile on their face, knowing that I belong here. You're right. I, I, yeah. can, I, I can do this. I can do this. I've been getting better, and they can I, feel it. You know, I was much more know. comfortable this that's this right. night. That's exactly right. That, yeah. That's exactly right. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So let's so let's talk a little bit about yeah. bands now. Yeah. Um, what was a thing in a band that? was really great like the uh, about about the players or about the music choice or what however sure. you want to answer that generally um, uh, generally uh, the greatest part about a good band is that people have the same goals and direction mm-hmm. it has not a lot to do with your playing ability because you can always improve that you can always get better mm-hmm. uh, uh, and that kind of thing it's uh, are they a good person to be around do they take criticism or suggestions in a positive way? Do you as a band have the same goals? Yeah. Do you want to play the same music? Um, you know, the, the reality of the situation with this, though, <coughs> those of us that play around Kansas City for the most part in Blue Plate Special or Past Tense or what right. Shadow Riders or yeah. whatever, this is a hobby. We're hobbyists. Yeah. Right? We're not professionals in the sense that that our next meal or our house payment relies on whether or not we play or not. We're hobbyists. We go out and we play. <coughs> uh, some hobbyists are great players. Yeah. They can make their living at it. Some hobbyists aren't. It's what they choose to do with what, what they do. All right? So, But the reality is, is that the bands that I'm in, they're hobbyists. All of them are. Nobody makes their living at it. I don't want to be surrounded by a bunch of guys who don't appreciate music the way I do, who don't really want to play the kind of music that I want to play. It's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to have a good time, which makes you a better band, makes you a closer group, right? Um, Professionals who make their living at it, it's not like that. It's not like that. It's, we are here to do a job. This, I I play my show, I do my job the best we can, and we rehearse, and then, you know, it's, it's, it's the job. Uh, so being in a band, the, the, the thing that I would suggest people look for is like-minded people. Yeah. Like-minded people. Uh, are they friends? Would you be their friend if you weren't in a band with them? Yeah. In our situations. Yeah. Uh, do you like the same kind of music? Do you, do you have the same goals? Do you want to play the same places? Big deal. Money. Yeah. Money. Is money important to you? Is it? Isn't it? Does somebody need to be this hobbyist part time? That's part of the goals, right? That's part is, of the is, goals is, and objectives. Is, That's right. You know, That's something this band needs, to, need to, to be talked about. Are yeah. you willing to play for free? No, I won't play for less than X amount of dollars. Okay, let's come to an agreement on these mm-hmm. things. And 
and and all of that kind of stuff like that. We all we all do this for different reasons, mm-hmm. and and the uh, the guys who are the most successful, I think, are those who have in common the most number of reasons. <laughs> if you understand what I'm saying, oh, to, yeah. to make it work, you know. And uh, that's what I find. That's what I enjoy about Blue Plate Special. We're we're four different people, but when it comes to playing music and how we want to do it and what what it means to us, uh, we uh, we're on the same page. Yeah. We're going the same direction. Um, not everybody is going to like what we play. Uh, but okay, that's yeah. fine. You know, we're not a live jukebox. We yeah. never intend to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to enjoy what we're doing, and hopefully, the audience can. Uh, can feed off our enjoyment about what we're doing. Uh, and we have a good time at what we do. Mm-hmm. We have a good time at what we're doing. Uh, do we always agree? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. But there are ways that you can learn to disagree without walking out of the room going, I don't want to play with that guy anymore, or, or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Compromise. Oh, yeah. my God. Anytime you have a group of more than one person, you need to learn to compromise to reach your goals and other buddies. And, too many people sometimes don't know, don't understand that about bands. They're groups of people, you know. Right. And uh, so you got to be able to work that way. A couple of things you said that's interesting with yeah. the compromise stuff mm-hmm. is the idea that I always find it funny when you have when because there there's some deal breakers. Sure. You know, when of you're course. in a band, you know, cool. a guy is. Yeah. A, you know, an example is a guy is drunk running all over the room and you know that might be like sure. a deal breaker you know sure. but absolutely playing one song that you don't like out of your 40 song set is that a deal breaker probably not it, it doesn't it shouldn't be you know yeah remember we were talking about that guy mm-hmm. earlier for that guy that could be a deal breaker uh-huh yeah okay for that guy that could be a deal right. breaker because it's not his song he doesn't particularly like it he may not play it well, and maybe right. a style he doesn't like, so he doesn't want to be embarrassed to it or so yeah. no, if you guys play that song, I'm not going to do that. In our band, <clears throat> if you look at our uh, 60, 70 song list that we mm-hmm. go through, I can name five or six or seven songs that it was up to me, yep. mm-hmm. yeah. but so can each one of those sure. guys. Yeah. And so we, what we tend to do when we do songs is it's like, okay, we need songs. Everybody bring in two songs that you want to do. Right. And we have committed to each other that first assuming that that is a song that we can do right. uh, or do in a way in our own style and be good, <clears throat> we say, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. And we find a way to make it our own. Mm-hmm. and and But enough of the song that whoever brought it in is happy with it. Right. That's part of the compromise. That, that's part of right. being part of a group and 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 supporting each other i love the commitment word that you talked about with with everybody has that commitment that i'm going to be flexible at least with with, at least with the songs you know that i'm gonna emotionally give this a shot and not you know just be pissed i'm going to bring the best i can bring to your song even though i hate it yeah because i'm committed to you guys to make this the best that i can be and I may not like that song, but and, you and the reciprocal that the you res- know that the other person is going to do the same for yours. I can count on them to do the same thing. Yeah, I, I can count on them to do yeah. the same thing, and that's what makes it fun. In yeah, the end. that's what makes it rewarding. Yeah, sure. In the end, you know, 
And I also love the what Marcellus always called it a negotiation. You know, like in a jam is the best example yes, of that. You're all right. up there, and you talked about your your sort of agendas is what you're. Yes, you, you know, yes, we all have exactly. different things why we're trying you to. There? What are you, why are you there? Yeah, and right. we already talked about the the maybe bad way to have your agenda where sure. you're up there by for yourself. Yeah, and like, and exactly. I, I love that because. Uh, that's what being in a band is. It's democracy. You it know, is. it's it, a democracy. And well, it's sure. not always a democracy. I take mm-hmm. that back because some bands are a dictatorship, which well, sure. is fine and they work great. And, and, yeah. and those tend to be the professionals yes. who make their living at it. Yeah. You know, you've got a manager, you've got, a, you've got an agent, you've got a promoter, you've got whatever. You have created a product that your audience wants to hear exactly that way every time they see you. This isn't about compromise. This isn't about, do you like the song or don't you? You are there to do a job Mm -hmm. to present a product to an audience who is buying that product. Right. So you have a a vested interest in making sure they're happy and what they want Mm -hmm. is to hear that exactly like they hear it on the radio or the Mm -hmm. home stereo. Uh, You mentioned my son and and he is uh, fortunate enough to be uh, a lead guitar player and a band leader and a very prominent uh, uh, country duo act in, in the country. And if you sit down and talk to him about it, <coughs> um, you, will, you will hear him say that, that their job is to go out every night and produce what that couple in that front row has heard as their song, mm-hmm. or the guy in the back can relate to the truck song, or the guy mm-hmm. over here, can, or the guy in gallery are going to do this, and they go to those concerts with an expectation of seeing that group play exactly what they envision and have heard them play that they made their own, right? Mm-hmm. So they can't go out there and improvise a 15-minute solo in a 3-minute, 45-second radio song. The crowd would go, what's that, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, there are strict parameters that, that need to be followed in order to, to produce the, uh, the product that the consumer is looking for. Yeah. Completely different world. Mm-hmm. Completely different world than what we're talking about here or even, even the bands that play in the clubs around town. It is a totally different world oh, with yeah. totally different requirements and totally different levels of expectation. Uh, total. It's all different. It's no. It's nowhere close yeah. to what to what we're talking. Because you and you, you also said like when you do have that dictator in your band, and then you have the basically side hired gun That's sideman right. That's situation. Exactly right. You're still the negotiation. Sure. You're going like you give me money, and then I do whatever you say. That's exactly you know? right. So it's still that same parameter. And, and here's here's the kicker. If you don't want to do the job that I'm paying you to do. I've got the names of 15 guys that could show up here tomorrow and take your place. And those people out in that crowd would never know the difference. And and so this, it's about me stuff, lasts about a nanosecond in that environment. In that environment. In that environment. It's you're there to do a job. You're there to do it this particular way. You're hired to do that job that way. Uh, You may be the best drummer, the best guitar player, the best bass player, the most wonderful improviser in the world, but that's not what we're hiring you to do. Mm-hmm. So don't make it about you. Yeah. Um, and and uh, those, those guys at that kind of level, um, you'll often hear them talk about um, concerns about 
uh, you know, am, am I losing my creativity or, mm. or that kind of thing like that because I'm basically doing the same thing all the time. Um, and the good ones, and, and fortunately I, I'm very proud to say my, my son is one of those, uh, does studio work and demo stuff so his creative process is fulfilled with that. And so he's, he's got the best of both worlds and, and he is blessed with wonderful talent. And, uh, and, and people's skills and, and knows how to do his profession and, mm -hmm. uh, to the point where he is very highly respected in that community. Um, I think too often, uh, this is my bias coming out, I mm -hmm. think too often that we at this level, hobbyists, think we're at that level. Mm -hmm. and, and want people to think we're at that level. And Don't be reading my mind. And I find it, I used, it used to make me mad, but it doesn't anymore. I, I understand. Uh, we, as we say, we all do this for different reasons. Mm -hmm. And we all have different views of ourselves. And many people feel um, like, um, for whatever reasons, that, but for the grace of God, they would be that person on that mm -hmm. national stage or TV show or concert in Australia or whatever the case may be, um, but they're not. Um, but they're here in Kansas City and by God, you know. And I, and I sometimes sit back and I go, bless your heart <laughs> for thinking that, you know. Uh, but it's a different world at that level. It's an entirely different world. Many, many of the guys in town that are at the jams have been close to that mountaintop. Yeah. They know what that experience is. Mm -hmm. And those are the guys who understand uh, and how to integrate. They understand what their role is. They understand mm -hmm. when to be up front and when not to be up front. They, they, they give back. Um, it's, it's the other, that guy mm -hmm. who, you know, for whatever reason doesn't see himself that way. Yeah. That, that tends to create issues. Sometimes. Yeah, a couple of things you said I thought were yeah. interesting. The yeah. the one I heard it was a guy, it was a bass player in our old band, and mm -hmm. he played with like Travis Tread or something. You know, sure. he played with yeah. a, a bass with a yeah. decent size act, yeah. Yeah. and sure. he was talking about the the manager was trying to tell him that they literally put X's on the stage and like you don't move. That's right. You know, That's and exactly I, I right. thought that was that blew my mind. He's like. And, and I'm like, okay, so I was thinking, he's like, why, why would the guy ask him to do this? Is because <laughs> we don't care about you, you know, was his, was his argument. We care about the front man, That's you right. know, and, and if you move around, you're That's taking right. away That's from the... Real life story like that. There was a group, in fact, Tyler played drums with this particular, it's not the group he's with now, it was some number of years ago, it was a duo. And a good friend of his was their lead guitar player. And that young man was very flamboyant. Mm -hmm. I mean, just right. you know, the look and everything like that. And when he would play his leads and stuff, he'd come up to the front of the stage or whatnot. Management pulled him aside and suggested that you need to downplay mm -hmm. because you're taking the focus away yeah. from the two front guys where we need it to be. Mm -hmm. And so you're exactly right. You're exactly yeah. right. Now, now fortunately with, with the group that my son is with, his role, their entire band is different than that because their players move all the time and they are encouraged to to make it a big right, show. They're yeah. not just sitting, you know, yeah. that kind of deal. 
But there were other groups that, oh yeah, you don't move, you don't do nothing. Yeah, take, yeah. take the focus off the front person or the group. The Garth Brooks or the, whoever the it is. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, all yeah, of those yeah. kinds of things. Yeah. And uh, you stay back behind this line and you yeah. never go anywhere. And uh, but yeah, those that's that happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, happens. and then another thing he said that was really interesting is about the goals. And my my parents who who've, who've mm -hmm. been married a very long time actually sure. talk about this where. They are very different people, like yeah. personality-wise, yeah. but they said the reason why this has worked is because their goals are the same, exactly. even as a marriage. And that's right. And that you know that that's right. the, like you, if if your band, you can feel it when, like you were saying, you can feel it when the band's goals are the same. That's right. You and can feel everything it. is mm -hmm. so easy because everybody's. You don't have to argue about things because everybody's like sort of already in agreement. Yes. You know, yes. it's like, you know, before you even ask the question, that's that people right. are going to be down that's with that. That's right. You know? And if you played around enough uh, and and know the guys in the community, you know the guys that you tend to gravitate to who think the same way right. and want to go in the same direction. And, uh, um, uh, and, and that's fine. We need all of those personalities. We need all those different things to create the different musics and the different types of things that we hear. Mm -hmm. But, you know, how many times have you heard a band, a great band lasted a month, you know? And, well, why they were great players? Well, it's not about playing. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing yeah. to do with how great yeah. you play, you know? And uh, some of the most successful bands that have been around probably this city too probably aren't the greatest players in the world, but the crowd loves them because they love what they're doing and they're fun and, and all of that kind mm -hmm. of stuff like that. So. Yeah, uh, so... A couple more here yeah, for you. Um, sure. We haven't uh, talked a lot about uh, club owners on this. Sure. On this, uh, yeah. I remember uh, having a general, and I won't out you, but having no, a general not. discussion in Shadow Riders about club owners yeah. and, and kind of deciding sort of who's going to do that work and et cetera. You know, right. I remember us kind of yeah, as a band yeah. talking about that. And yeah. um, what. Uh, what do you think about club <laughs> I think, uh, okay, I, I yeah, think to or, answer that question, yeah, yeah. I need to start about talking about the musical environment mm. and how it's changed. Mm. When I was in college and right out of college playing in the city area, when you wanted to go out and listen to a band, very rarely did you say, I want to go hear this band or this band or this band. You had clubs in the city that were mm. known to have great bands no matter what and it was. No matter what night it was. No matter what night it was. What yeah. night it was. Mm -hmm. You would go hear that, okay? Yeah. Well, and of course that was great for the club, right? Yeah. That was great for the club because, you know. They had they, a built-in crowd. They had a built-in crowd. doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. It does not exist anymore. Um, uh, although there are clubs in town that consistently have good entertainment. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to say that. Yeah. Um, uh, because of the club's reputation, yes. Because of the money that they're willing to pay, mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. But so, but, like, so like BBs would be one, sure, and Knuckleheads would, would be another. Absolutely, the, the Phoenix, the Phoenix, uh, Green Lady Lounge. Absolute, there's there's a handful. There's a yeah. handful of clubs where you just yeah. say the name and you go, I don't care. They're I don't good. care who's playing. They're going to be good. We know they're going to be good. Exactly. Right, yeah, That's yeah. precisely yeah. right. Okay. But, but then you have all of the other places in town, right? Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things, if, 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 if we take off our musician hats and set them over here and simply look at it as an outsider, you go, well, we have an economic situation here. We have a club owner 
who is doing their best to make a living. Mm-hmm. All right, they want a they want uh, their locals to come in. They would like their their business to grow and that kind of thing. They have on except for band night, they have fixed costs and they have variable costs, and they need enough clients to come in there to pay and buy enough, what have you, to cover those. Well, now they want to hire a band. And all of a sudden, their costs have now gone up the amount that they've negotiated with the band. Mm -hmm. The only way to cover that is to have more people come in, or if the people come in and can cover it, their profit margin goes down. All right. Well, then you have musicians on the other side who want to play out. There are, and I have no idea, but I know it's more than the fingers on my hands, enough bands in Kansas City. It's a lot of bands. There are a, a lot, lot of bands players, in Kansas yeah. City. And again, this is not a statement about ability or how good the band is. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. Because, and I will say this and maybe get some flack from this, but... Screw those guys. <laughs> but, if I'm a club owner, I am more concerned about how many spending patrons yeah. you're going to put in my seats than how good you are. Yeah. If you guys are, are a four-piece group that's, that's advanced beginners that don't know nothing, but you bring a hundred people in who yell and scream because every the, single time, every single time hired them. Yep. I will hire them every weekend. Yeah. And the good band out there who, who isn't from my part of the city whose fans are not going to travel 30 miles down, or who even doesn't have a big fan base. Bless your hearts, you're great players, but it costs me money when you come down here. What are you doing for me? What are you going to do for me? Mm -hmm. So I understand it, okay? I understand it. I I really do. I see a lot, I used to see a lot of things on Facebook, and because I dropped out of Facebook, (laughs) because of these things, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, about how these bands would get in arguments with each other because they're going, well, you undercut my price. You know, I told them three. You went in there for two fifty, and they hired you instead of me. And I'm going, guys, this is this is a business. This is an economic business. You know, first of all, <laughs> this idea that that we that we as hobbyists should get a certain level of payment for our services. That's in our mind. Mm-hmm. All right, that's in our mind. What we are worth is what we produce. What we are worth is what that bar owner sees our value as with respect to putting people in the seats to make mm-hmm. them make a living. Mm-hmm. All right, that's what your band is worth. Right. And not how good you play. Not how good you play. Yeah. Yeah. Not not how great your equipment is. Not what a great sound you have or how good looking you are. Because those things don't produce income for club owners. All right. mm-hmm. Now, on the musician's point of view, I think if there's one thing that, that does um, bother me at times about club owners is the expectation that the bands become the advertising agency for the club. Mm-hmm. All right. Invariably, we will go in and, and give our promo pack a visit. And one of the first questions is, do you have a Facebook page? Yeah. How many followers do you have? How and many people are you going to bring? How many right? people are you going to bring? Yeah. And I understand that question. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But then if you ask the owner, 
what are you going to do to advertise our presence here, to to bring people in? Well, you know, yeah, exactly. And then they get well, we all, have you know, a, yeah. we we put it on our Facebook page. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's one. That's one. And, <laughs> and, and we, <laughs> when, we have a. We when have, does this happen? Yeah, the, we the, have the, a poster yeah. on the front door. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, in both cases, the potential patron either has to come to your place or look on your Facebook page mm -hmm. to find out who's coming. Which in both of those translate into your regulars. Right. Okay. It's your regulars that are going to do that. So what are you as a club owner going to do to spread the word to get more people to come to your club by promoting the music that you have and, and that kind of thing? It's definitely a two-way street. It's, it's definitely, if there could be a way for those in the musical community and those in the club owner community to sit down and go, we both can win here. Mm -hmm. Okay, we both can win. Why don't we create a joint websites? Why don't we, you know, if every band will take $25 less so we can put advertisements on the radio. Something, something where both sides compromise mm -hmm. for the good of everyone. Mm -hmm. And even band to band, even band to band. This idea of competition, I'm competing, I gotta go I work more than you do. You know, why? Why is that necessary? You know, we're not making our living at this. Mm -hmm. you know? and, and, and there's certainly enough places in town, I would think, that, that people could play it. So one of the things in, in, in the community where my son lives, he was told early on when he was down there, it's a tremendous, he, he works out in Nashville. And when he was first down there, he had mentors that took him under their wing and he started talking to them. And you know what they said to him? He's, they said, we don't care. There's more than enough work. If I can help you, you're going to help me. Mm -hmm. If, if, and, and it was like, no, come on down, you know, come on, let me show you the ropes. Let me, let me, let me recommend you. You recommend, it's, it's a community mm -hmm. where, where, while it might be hard to be successful on, on terms of, um, um, record sales and stuff like that, you can be successful in the community right. with respect to who you know and mm -hmm. uh, how you get along with people and all of that and be, be a member of their community because people see the value in, in, in uh, eliminating that kind of competition. Uh, you know, let the award shows deal with that or let the mm -hmm. record companies deal with that. Uh, let us as musicians um, treat each other like we would want to be treated and help each other out, mm -hmm. and I would, I would like to think that maybe at some point, if if uh, if there are enough enough of us that stop being that guy, that we could uh, that we could you keep coming back to that guy, <laughs> that, that come back for the you know come back. I love I love talking about this because mm -hmm. I was kind of more a sideman up until I ran my own rock band, and that sure. was my first chance at, yeah. at getting on the the owner's side yeah. of at least understanding what where they're coming yeah, from yeah. because I think as musicians we definitely are getting a really bad rut of seeing only yeah. our side and we yeah. don't see what you were yeah. just talking about about their bottom line and that sure. kind of stuff and sure. and like isn't it 
I, I, I see both sides sure. now. I don't know. Yeah. I probably yeah. for a while actually mm-hmm. switched over to more of the club owner's yeah, side sure. of, of absolutely it, not, you know, not against, against a no. stupid word, but it's an understanding, it's an understanding. It's to yeah. understand both sides and respect both sides. And I, I was thinking, especially with the, uh, jo- I always make this joke that John Stewart always talks about like, the Republicans got together to Sizzler and decided yeah. that we're, we're not going to do anything That's Obama right. wants. And then, so That's I always joke right. about the club owners. You know, yeah, what, what steakhouse did they all come That's to right. decide that these That's bands right. are bringing our right. crowd from now on? Yeah. You know, and that's a joke, yeah. obviously, but the, the thing isn't is, it in the band's best interest to do some promoting too? Because we always bi- it is. we always bitch about them. Of the owner isn't is. doing anything, but certainly isn't that certainly. isn't that good for us if it, we do some promotion for ourselves on our Facebook page? Get email lists when you go out. Mm-hmm. Put cards on the table. Yeah. Do something to promote your product. Yeah. Because ultimately, that's what you're bringing to that club owner a product that they can put on on their stage or what have you, mm. to sell to the people who, who are actually paying your way to play there. You know, we're not doing club owners favors by mm. showing up to play, all right? Mm. All right, that's not enough. The club owners aren't doing us favors by having a place to play. They're letting us come in there, and by God, they're actually giving us money to do it. Think about it for a second. Yes. Really? Think about this. We for a come minute. in and take their money. And we take their money. Yeah, yeah. And even if it's only fifty dollars a guy or eighty or hundred dollars mm-hmm. a guy, you as a band member are the winner here, and it's the club owner that's gotta figure out how to come up with that money. Mm-hmm. And they're hoping that you bring enough people in there to help them pay you. Right. All right. And if basically you go, it's not my responsibility. My resp- I hear this a lot. It's their responsibility to get people there. It's my responsibility to keep them. Come do a job. Yeah. yeah. And you've heard a lot of people say that quote before. Of, yeah. To a certain extent, that might be fine in the old days. Mm-hmm. But in these days, yeah. where the competition is great, where the club owners are clearly struggle. I mean, clearly they do. Yeah. If you've ever been in these, some of these establishments um, on uh, weeknights or something like that, you know, they got six people in that They place. got six people, and, and yeah. they're waiting for the weekend to be able to help them make payroll yeah. or whatever. I get it. Yeah. And, I, and I have a great amount of respect for, for people who are, who are trying to live their dream. Um, but we as musicians, I think, need to understand and respect that. They have no obligation to help us live ours. Yeah. But if we don't help them live theirs, we've got no place to play. Yeah. So we need to become more cognizant of that and realize that... We, to have these places continue to exist, we need to become part of the, of the mechanism along with them to recreate a musical scene that, that is good for everybody mm-hmm. and stop competing with each other and complaining about 250 versus 350 or, or that kind of thing and, and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. You know, it's, it's yeah. It, it's, and, and one last thing yeah, on this, you sure. did say that something interesting about the mentality that we have to ourselves because I, yeah. I know uh, this happens in, in politics a lot where you say something and then people get really defensive yeah. about something you said. Yeah. You said something that even made me like about us being actual hobbyists. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting that you said that because even myself goes like, well, I'm not a hobbyist. I play all the time. I You're da, da, not. Da, da, da. Music is but your it, profession. Well, it is. Okay. But I'm also a teacher. 
And so the, the performing side is I am a hobbyist in the sense that I don't make every one of my livings. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is yeah. that is lessening the idea of how important you are. Yeah. Is instead of like I'm I'm the shit, right? Yeah, I'm exactly. you know da da da. And exactly. well, actually, we're you know when you want to. And the last thing I want to talk about is your son. Yeah. When you have a different perspective of kind of the level that he's at, yeah, exactly. and then you know at least bigness wise, right. you're looking down right. at all of us right. peons, right. Right. and you you have a different perspective because yeah. well, let you me know, let me make sure that that, that you and, and, and watchers understand when I use the word hobbyist versus mm -hmm. professional. Mm -hmm. Again, has nothing to do with skill level. Right. Has nothing to do with skill right. level. Some of the finest players I know in this world I consider hobbyists because the professional musician is in the music business as a profession. They right. earn their living doing it. Right. Being it a teacher, a part-time player, yeah. what, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You spend your life in your livelihood in the music industry, mm -hmm. if you don't have students or a gig, you don't eat. Yeah. You don't pay the rent. I, as a hobbyist, if I get fifty or sixty hundred dollars a weekend to go play a gig, I'm going to buy a buy a new guitar pedal. Right, I'm right. not going to pay rent with it. Yeah, that's right. the distinction that yeah. I, that I make. That's okay. a good point. That's yeah. the distinction that I make. It has nothing to do with your talent level. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the number of years that you've done it has nothing to do if that's the only thing you do now if like me or how much you love it or how much you then love it it doesn't it's about your yeah. your like me i i'm a, i'm retired and i have a wonderful annuity from my former employer but i play music and get paid for it i'm still a hobbyist yeah. mm. all right because yeah. my livelihood and, and and my ability to 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 live at a certain level isn't dependent on whether i play this weekend or not and that's yeah. the distinction that I make. In yeah, that's a good point. That's yeah. the distinction yeah. that I make. Hobbyist versus a professional. There are some terrible professionals. <laughs> How they make a living, I don't know. But there are some terrible players that are professional. Professional. By really that definition. A, yeah. yeah. And it's getting paid to getting paid to play is yeah. really the technical, technical definition. Technical term, that's and, right. That's that could right. be a lot of people, that, that's like right. you just said. That's you know, right. That's you know, and a lot of people will go, well, you're not taking into account attitude, just money. Well, no, no, yeah, but we're talking about the difference between a person who makes their living doing this and the person that does it. You can be a hobbyist and handle yourself as a true professional yes. in terms yeah. of the way that you approach things. Yeah. It's, it has nothing to do with that, right. you know, as it has nothing to do with your skill level by the, the terms that I'm using. Yeah, I um, like that, I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I got two more for you. Yeah. One, uh, I wanted, you've already mentioned him a lot, but mm -hmm. I wanted you to talk a little bit more about what your son is doing. Yeah, my son Tyler, um, uh, Shirelli, is, uh, the lead guitar player and band leader for the country duo Florida Georgia Line. Mm -hmm. uh, cool. <laughs> and uh, uh, kind of rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Yeah, it kind of rolls off the tongue a little bit. Didn't always start that way though. Yeah. If, and if you um, if you want to see a blueprint for making it in this business, you should study Tyler. Tyler started playing drums um, when he was five or six years old went all through high school on drums and college scholarship, and he was a class A fabulous mm -hmm. drummer in, in all genres. In high school or in college, he decided he wanted to take up guitar, so he's self-taught. Um, 
wouldn't let me show him anything, <laughs> that guy, which is fine. I mean, he taught himself. Um, and Tyler devoted himself to talk about a professional from the time that he was young. His life was devoted to music. Every dime he made was for music, whether it be working in a music store, whether it be uh, uh, playing at uh, gigs around the countryside or out of state or whatnot. Um, and Tyler reached a point where it was uh, either go either go do what you want to do or get a real job. And I'll never forget sitting in our driveway having a wonderful conversation about that. Not, you need to get a real job, but right. you know, let's talk about where you are in, in this career. And basically where Tyler was was playing with a wonderful group of guys who were a very, very good band, but they were a bar band. Right. Just like all of us, mm -hmm. they were a bar band. They uh, played out of town and whatnot, and somebody owned a tour bus, and they rode around in a tour bus, but they were a bar band. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we talked about that and said, you know, you guys are excellent. You guys are, are, you know, people love to come see you play, but that's the reality of it. And, and you, if you want to go to the next level, you're going to have to, you're going to have to uh, be ready to deal with the rejection and everything that's going to come with, with being, trying your hand at a true professional career in, in music. Well, Tyler, uh, began his his trek um, by going down to Nashville about twice a month and hanging out in the clubs where his idols played. He is a tremendous fan and, and he's proud to say now a friend of a gentleman by the name of Tom Bukovac who's one of the A-list, fabulous guitar players in, in Nashville and, and, and a number of other people that he has met along the way who took him under their wing to, to teach him not about gear, not about style, but his questions to them were, why do people call you yeah. when they want somebody? And Tom and Tyler, That's a good question. Tom, Tom and Tyler would talk about, what is, it that, what is the person you need to be? What, what, is, what is the level of commitment that you need to have to make people think, I need a guitar player, what's Tyler's number? You know, um, And he learned from those guys and he took it to heart and practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced. As is usually the case, uh, uh, and he will tell you, uh, everybody down there is a good player. I mean, if they're going to stick their foot in that water, they've got to bring something to the table. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, yes, it is. What is your networking like? Who do you know? And that kind of thing. There's, it's the way the world acts. But you have to be able to bring something to the table. And he was fortunate enough to have those skills, and when he found himself in positions to audition and whatnot, came to the table loaded. Tyler's audition with Florida Georgia Line is an example of devotion. Um, they were looking for an auxiliary guitar player um, uh, to, to add to their sound, and uh, Tyler had known them. In fact, he had, he had when they were first starting long ago, was friends with them and was very good friends with their lead guitar player, and uh, had had uh, they were on a mini tour. He was with somebody else. But anyway, he knew them, and, and they were they were friends. And so everybody talking goes, well, you know, I wonder if Tyler would be interested. Well, uh, it was he was required to audition, which 
I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, he's my buddy. Bring him in to play. No. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't right. know. What does he look like? What does he sound like? I mean, Great. You, bring you, him in, you're, bud. You're he's going to Yeah, he's got yeah, yeah, to yeah. earn his spot, right? Yeah. So they sent him the CDs uh, with the tracks that he was going to audition with. Rob, not only did he learn those, he got on YouTube and learned every guitar part to every song, both the live versions and the studio versions. He learned, they said these Good harmonies, he learned them all. Good for him. He was not going to go into that edition unprepared. Yeah. He had had an experience, if he sees this, he'll kill me for telling the story. <laughs> he had a situation in high school where he crashed and burned because it was mm -hmm. like, ah, oh, I can handle that. Yeah. And he has learned it, thank God, and taken it to heart the rest of his professional life. And it has paid dues like crazy. So he goes into the audition, right? And he's expecting the band to be there. There's an amplifier, his guitar, and a pedal board, and a microphone, an iPod, and a video camera. The manager and the band leader, who was his buddy, were sitting out in his auditorium audience, and that's all that was there. Yeah. They flipped on that iPod and said, play. So he's like, my dad, I just, I just played, did what I did. And, and, you know, they're like, yeah, that's the guy. So, I mean, and, mm -hmm. you know, and so. As See, that's the stuff that we don't understand. That's right. That, that little moment in the audition where you're expecting one thing and they come out, What's no. And, and that's getting back to what you said about these guys think they can do this, right? These underling guys think they can be this. And, and I mean, you, that's, you no, deal you with have it. no idea. Go. Deal with, you know, yeah, deal yeah. with this right and, now. And, and, you know, again, this is not a comment about the intelligence or the ability of the guys that I run into around here, mm -hmm. those that think they could handle that. It's just simply a lack of knowledge in, in, in most cases as to what happens at that level. Yeah. Uh, when you are looking for somebody to go on the road with an artist that has just sold how many millions of copies of this thing on the road, mm -hmm. who needs to present a certain image, who needs to act in a certain way. Um, everything that goes into that level, uh, that goes well beyond your playing. Um, <laughs> one of his first auditions was with a group and they wanted to meet, they wanted him to meet him, them at this uh, uh, office where they did songwriting. So Tyler went in, took his, so just bring your two super Went and sat down at this conference table with these guys, played for 10 minutes. And they went, okay, fine, let's go get a beer. And, and he said, you know, down there again, in that most of the people, the vast majority of people come to town, they have the chops that, that get them those auditions. And those right. He said, they want to know more if you're a decent human being. Yes, can they spend twenty four? Can they spend twenty four hours with you on a bus? You know, they don't need to hear, They don't need to hear his playing anymore. No, no. They heard two seconds. They no. they got it. They knew who he was. How's he, it going to be he, like? How's he going to be out there yeah. on the road? Yeah. Now that's not to say that the guys around here wouldn't be wonderful on the bus. That's not my comment. Right. That's not my point at all. My point is that is such a different world mm -hmm. than we think it is that uh, that there is a presumption that just because I can play halfway decently, and, and these guys can, they can play great, uh, does not necessarily mean that you will be successful in this other world. He tells me stories about some of the greatest players he's ever heard, 
will never work yeah. because people cannot stand to be around them. Yeah. And, and so some of those guys, they're, they're stuck in their home studios doing demo work because people can't stand to be around them. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, um, we were at his a long time ago at a jam, and Tyler happened to be there it's after he'd gone to Nashville, but he came back from the holidays or something. We were at this jam, and he played, and, you know, and, and um, word got around there who he was and what he did for a living. And I had this guy come up to me, and he handed me his card. And he had played guitar, and he was advanced beginner at this. And, uh, but he had a good time, and it was fun. And he, was kind of, he hands me his car, and he goes, hey, listen, give this to him, so anytime you can't make one of his gigs, I'll be happy to come down and fill in. And I looked at him, and I took the car, and I said, I'll do that, thanks a lot. And I walked away thinking, there's a disconnect here. Uh, and maybe it's because they saw him at a jam, and just only what he did at that jam, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, but there is, in a lot of people's mind, a big disconnect. Again, let me say that a number of the players that we see at jams have been at that level yeah. and understand that yeah. and and that kind of thing. But those aren't the guys you hear say, I'm a professional. I can handle this. Because those are the guys that haven't been close to that yet and, and don't really understand what the differences are in those situations. And... Uh, I don't, I don't put those guys down at all. It's simply a lack of knowledge and a lack yeah. of experience and a presumption that it is as easy as it looks. Mm-hmm. And it isn't. It's not yeah. as easy as it looks. It, it isn't. And, and again, it has less to do with your ability to play or copy, if you will. Yeah. You know, they're copying the studio right. stuff they're yeah. and, uh, and I, I love know. what you were talking about with the idea, because this is something that it would be... I've said this on about every one is that yeah. that would be my general advice to younger players is we have to just spend our whole lives practicing and stuff with all the music stuff and that that is what it is and, you, what and it is. there's a thousand YouTube videos and a thousand right. teachers and, right. and it's it's not easy but there's a lot of help for that that's right the thing that you were talking about is basically what they were interested in and what your son was that the questions your son was asking was about business side and about like personality kind of personal people yeah and it's why why are they calling you how are you and he was probably watching a a lot seeing like how is this guy dressing today how what is he what is his attitude in general when he's talking to his own uh, that's right. band leader that's or right. uh, his marketing, his uh-huh. all that all that non-musical all of the stuff? Non-musical is, stuff. It fascinates me because none mm-hmm. of us are trained in any no, of that. No, they're not. We're trained they're to not. play music beautifully, right? Especially in college, yeah. you know. And and you know, we were talking about knowing your role. Yeah. What is your role? Yeah. If you're not a personality that is content to be a side man. Or you want to be a sideman, but you want your 15 minutes of fame every 90-minute show? That may not be. You may need to find the group that will allow you to do that because mm-hmm. most of them won't yeah. unless you are the headliner. And uh, uh, so, yes, it's all of those things that roll into there. How, what is the creative pro- Are you willing to compromise? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to do what your producer asks you to do even though... You may have your own ideas or whatever. Are you mm-hmm. willing to be a professional yeah. at what you do? Yeah. Which is goes far beyond equipment yeah. and far beyond abilities and that kind of thing. That's yeah, right. that's great, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're kind of kind of wrapping up yeah. here. Uh, do you have 
everybody's usually really enamored with gig stories because <laughs> they're usually fun or, or yeah. not so yes. not so I'm hilarious not so at the fun. time you know uh, so but uh, you, do you have a kind of moment in the music business or a gig that, that is just you'll never forget or I do and it comes back to confidence one of the things that as musicians if you're going to survive even at jams is you have to have enough confidence in yourself and your abilities to be able to withstand whatever criticism some other person might bring to you. This band I referenced before, Poker Face, who had played so many gigs out, we uh, played a gig in, in a club in Pittsburgh, Kansas, years and years and years ago. It's a Friday, Saturday, we would book two nights. Went down there on Friday, set up, played our country set, people danced, it was great. But we noticed that during the breaks, the DJ got up and played heavy metal music, and he played uh, rap music. Mm -hmm in what was supposed to be a country club. And so it kind of bothered and confused us. Yeah. We thought, well, the next night, same songs, same things, same country dancers, mm -hmm. same issues at the set. Halfway through the gig, we're in the middle of a song and the owner comes up to the front, like this, shaking his hands, he goes, that's it, you guys are done. Mm -hmm. Right in the middle of a song. We get fired. Never yeah. been fired in my life. Wow. Got fired. Had no idea why. Mm -hmm. Nobody said a word to us. Nobody had complained. It was exactly the same as it had been the night before. Um, that was the owner, the manager of the club. Came, and the crowd, we're packing up. The crowd's going, where are you going? You know, and he goes, well, they fired us. Why? The manager came up and said, well, you know, don't let it get to you. You know, this guy can't figure out what he wants to do with his club. And, He's having hard times and what this kind of stuff like that. Well, I, I, I'm not embarrassed to say that that shook me to the core. Mm -hmm. It affected me for years, yeah. years, uh -huh. because, and again, it goes back to then piled on that, that club owner view. You know, uh -huh. right? um, I do not know what was wrong with that situation, whatever, never will, and, and after all these years, I, it doesn't bother me much anymore at all. I'm always reminded of it, but never bothered me. Um, you have to deal with situations like that, knowing, asking yourself, did I do the best that I could? Mm -hmm. Did I do what I do the best that I could? Mm -hmm. And get to the point where you realize that maybe what happened to you was of no fault of yours at all. Yeah. It was, in that particular case, perhaps a club owner that was having a bad night. Yeah. Maybe they just foreclosed on his board. Who knows? What it was. A little moody, a little moody. Yeah, a little moody. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, you know, and, and we were supposed to stay overnight, and the other guitar player and I drove home, and I told him, I'm done. I said, I don't have, any, I don't have anything else to give. And he made a good point. He said, yeah, you do. He says, we just need to find people that, that want it, yeah. that, 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 we, can, that yeah. we can give it to. And, and I think that that's an important point that he was making. Don't lose your confidence in yourself. Continue to practice. Continue to get better. Be true to yourself and be who you are. One of the things that that, uh, uh, that Tyler's advice would, will give you if you talk to him about joining bands and whatnot is the worst thing you could do is have that band think they're hiring somebody that you're not. Meaning, if you go into an audition and you pretend like you're somebody that you're not and mm -hmm. they hire what they yeah. see, only for them to learn after that that's not yeah. really who you are, that's not good. 
Not good for you. How's that work for, for dating? <laughs> there you go. All right. Same, same story. It's the same exactly. story. It's exactly you're, you're, the same you know, thing. you're putting on this huge you're front, on and, this huge and front. then six yeah. months later, they're like, "Oh, that's who you are." Oh, that's who you really are. Yeah, yeah. And and but yeah, be confident in yourself. Don't be embarrassed if you have stuff that you need to learn. We all do. Mm-hmm. The best players in the world learn every time they walk out on stage with somebody. Every one of them do. You ask them, they will tell you that. It's constant learning. It's constant. It's constant. Whatever in a devotion to a thing that you love so much, mm-hmm. it's in your body, and you can't you can't get away from it. If you, it's an addiction. Yeah. It's an absolute addiction. Yeah, I mean, two things on that. Dave mm-hmm. Chappelle always talks about that he went out. It was like his second time out, yeah. and he bombed as bad as sure. anybody could bomb. Yeah. And he said it was horrible. Oh, you know, I mean, yeah. it was just a yeah. horrible moment. Yeah. But he yeah. said. He said that was the best thing that's ever sure. happened to him. Motivates you know, it, it motivates you because he's like, he first of all was saying like, okay, there's no way that I can bomb any worse than that. Yeah. It's not possible. Yeah. So right. from here on out, yeah. you know, there's mm-hmm. no reason to be afraid yeah. was his first thing. Yeah. And second of all, that he learned a lot with that. Yeah. And, um, and I love that. Mo- I think that probably you, you could ask him, but mm-hmm. your son doing that audition you were mm-hmm. talking about that high school mm-hmm. audition you know and and, and crashing and, and crashing and burning and then look what's happened now looks what happened so less than 10 years later when he was auditioning he was, for us he was wise enough That's to right. have that and then many other things be part of his journey That's right. and and mm-hmm. have that be mm-hmm. actually uh, i know a lot of people probably talk about this with like going to jail or something sure. or getting on the bottom with like drinking or mm-hmm. something and and they're like dude Going to jail was the best thing that ever yes, happened. Exactly. It went, you know, yeah, on myself. The light myself. clicked on. The light clicked and on. That's exactly Yeah, right. and I, I think that's a great that's right. thing. And yeah. and then the other thing that you said that was interesting that maybe we'll finish with is yeah. the idea that I I have this dilemma in myself a lot, and this, this goes well beyond music, mm-hmm. of trying to analyze was this situation my fault or their fault? And what I mean by that is that a lot of people in the world are always on the situation. It's always their fault. Like the, it, they're always, sure. this is politics, this is sure. dating, this is everything, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that they, they are, they have the pride and they right. want to make sure that everything is always everybody mm-hmm. else. And mm-hmm. I'm perfect. And then, mm-hmm. but I think there's also a lot of people that you were mentioning it when the guy fired you or whatever, that it's really easy to, to, to blame yourself to blame yourself for everything. If you're so inclined, yes. And I think that's that's really wise because yeah. that's a personal responsibility sure. attitude about the world that yeah. what yeah. did I do yeah. five years ago that has set me on this path exactly. and mm-hmm. is this really everybody else's fault or mm-hmm. kind of this kind of a political thing? Is it is it or right. do I have no money because of thousand little choices yeah, I made? Exactly. You know? Yeah. And but knowing those moments of being really honest with yourself mm-hmm. about yeah. this might be a night that really wasn't on me. Yeah. But when your son came back and goes like, dude, I was not ready for this audition. This yeah. is on me, you yes. know, and that's really tricky. It is. Important and, thing. But I think that again, that goes back to the confidence. Mm. One has to have enough confidence in self to know that they have done everything they could do to prepare themselves for what they needed to do. There is, if anything other than that happens, odds are it's an outside factor. 
unless you completely blew it and right. prepared for the wrong thing. You know, right. if that had been a if that had been a heavy metal club and we had sold ourselves as being able to play heavy metal and went in and played right. country, that's on us. Yeah. All right. right. That's because yeah. we were fooling ourselves. Right. But if on the other hand. We were a country band. They knew it. We went in and played country, and their crowd loved us. And circumstances happened beyond our control that result that impacted us that way. Then I've got to say, do I feel bad? Sure, I do. I mean, I God, nobody wants to get fired, and I never really? had been. Really? And that was like, oh. Uh, but in retrospect, I look back on it, and I think, no. We did what we did. Yeah. We didn't misrepresent ourselves. Right. We did what we did. And unfortunately, the way the, the way life happened that yeah. moment, we yeah. happened to get caught up in the, yeah. in the hailstorm of it. Um, and I think and I think going back to uh, some things we were talking about in terms of uh, young musicians, I think I think young musicians need to get away from thinking in terms of good or bad, fault or no fault. Mm. They need to think in terms of everything's good, some is just better than others. And I want mine to be better than what it is. That's a good piece of advice. And, and so uh, if I want to be better than I am, then here are the things that I need to do to be better. Because if we spend time trying to, uh, to dissect who's at fault, or right or wrong, mm. then we're doing ourselves a disservice because at some point we're going to conclude we're right, therefore we have no incentive to change anything or be better. Mm. That's so, a good point. So, yeah. so if you think about it in terms of, I'm not good at the jams. No, you are good. You mm. are good at the jams. There are just guys or gals there that have more experience and knowledge than you do. Seek it out. Seek it out. You can have that. You can yeah. have that. Yeah. Become better than you yeah. are now. Next time you're there and the next time you'll be better. Never think of yourself as as bad or yeah. uh, worthless or, I hate the term beginner, intermediate, advanced. It's simply, yeah. it's simply a, 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 a factor of time and commitment is all it is. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean... If all you want to do is spend enough time to be a good beginner, be a good beginner. Yeah. You know, or be a good intermediate. Or if you want to be the best, spend the time being the best. Yeah. Um, but you choose. Don't let the world choose for you. You choose yeah. and you decide uh, what you want to be and how much time and devotion you want to put to it. And when you do that, be comfortable in that decision. And yeah. stop comparing yourselves to other guys that you've seen yeah. that have been doing it for 55 years. <laughs> yeah. That was a problem I had when I was younger is, yeah. is that I, you know, as a conductor, when I was conducting, sure. and I'm like, how come I'm not, I'm like, dude, this guy's been doing it 30 years, calm down. You know, people, people look at Tyler, right? And I go, man, I wish I could do that. And then I remind, or, or and amateur golfers are this one. They go out and they go, why can't I hit shots like they do? Well, dude, because they hit 2,000 golf balls a day, six yes. days a week. Yeah, yeah, right. If you did that, you could do that. Right. And, and the same with those super advanced players. Or the That's the thing that they don't, that the part of the cluelessness you were talking yes. about, of not understanding, not understanding why this guy's up on the stage that's, and why I'm not. That's right. Because he can get musically, because we already talked about the business side, yeah. but musically, he can do that making like barely one mistake. 
And when you get up there, you make like five mistakes. That's right. And they, they talked about that on Bull Durham, right? That's the right. difference right. The difference is one right. flare a week. I don't it's, know if you saw exactly, that. Yeah. It's Between from the two, pros to... 250 to, to 300. Yes, right. One flare a week. One flare a week. <laughs> that's so right. that's like one mistake. That's right. Well, because right. of this guy's 10,000 mm-hmm. scales he's done, he's not going to make that he's mistake. He's not going to make that Very mistake. often at and all. And the creativity comes from that. You yeah. know, people say, you know, was your son practice every day, mm-hmm. even when he's on the road, mm-hmm. every day he picks up a guitar and spends some number of hours yeah. either creating or doing something with that instrument in his hand. Mm-hmm. It is part of who he is. And uh, hey, a, when people say they get lucky, that's that's BS. No, no, no. They're, 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 no, no, no. It has nothing to do it's with that. Nothing put to do in, with luck. It has to do with being prepared when the opportunity is mm-hmm. you presented with the opportunity. Are mm-hmm. you ready to take the step? And, uh, and those guys are ready to take the step. It's what they do for a living. If they're not ready, they don't eat or they don't work. That's the difference. And uh, yeah, he plays guitar all the time when his, when his daughter uh, is sleeping. Uh-huh. Um, uh, he puts on his headphones and plays through his system. When she's awake, She's in there in the studio, <laughs> crawling around on the floor with yeah. that. You know? <laughs> we, we got a little musician in the works, oh, it sounds man, like. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. Daughter. Oh, she does. That's She's great. fabulous. She's wonderful. So last thing we'll say is that yeah. I really liked what you were talking about of not uh, worrying about things being your fault or mm. their fault. And I, I like that yeah. you said that. I guess where I was coming from yeah. with that is that is that it gets me in trouble a lot when I don't internalize things and I always just push out. Sure. I guess is where my, where my That's head right. was out with that. That's right. But also it can it can also help my self esteem as yeah. well to not take everything. That's and know right. Everything is that's my right. fault. So that's right. I guess that's where my head was in regards mm-hmm. to worrying about things being mm-hmm. their fault or your fault. Yeah. It's. It's not, I don't look at it as being able to blame them, but mm-hmm. I, I look at it as a self-esteem thing of not sure. taking everything yes, on. Yes, exactly. And know? again, that so, goes back to the confidence factor. Yeah. Have enough confidence in yourself to recognize that, number one, there are better players out there than me. Mm-hmm. I can still learn from them. The fact that I'm at a jam that's not going the way I want it to go, have confidence enough in myself to go, you know what, tonight's just my night to be in the background in the corner mm-hmm. and or whatever the case may be but have confidence in who you are and and what you have accomplished recognizing what you want to accomplish or continue to accomplish and deciding to put the effort into doing it mm-hmm. um, you will always in, in every profession I would imagine but certainly in this one run into people who are better than you are and I think that's great because I would hate to be the best because I'd have nowhere to go and nothing to learn from. And Big fish and small pond. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's one of the things I really like about the, the jams. It puts me in a position to, to um, play different roles all the time and teach myself to play different roles all the time and to accept different roles all of the time. Maybe tonight I'm just the downbeat rhythm player mm-hmm. and next week I'll be the featured lead player or who knows. Mm-hmm. But it teaches you, I believe, if, if you approach it properly, and I try to, sometimes I get really frustrated as we all do, but I try to say, okay, what what's happening tonight and what role do I need to play 
to make this the best it can be for everybody, including me, mm-hmm. and, and go from there. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I think we need, we need to, you know, it goes back to the, all of that uh, confidence and leaving your egos at the door, as mm-hmm. they say, and all of that, right. and that kind of thing. And it's hard to do. I mean, yeah, I'll be yeah, the yeah. first one to tell me, there are times when I walk out of jams smoking. Right. So mad I could spit uh-huh. nails uh-huh. because of the way that it went, or or uh-huh. people's attitudes, or or uh, whatever you want to call it. And it's like I'll never come back again. Right. But the next uh-huh. one rolls around. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll get back again. Yeah, uh, just one one last thing, yeah. if I might, a uh, shout out to to uh, Steve Andrews and mm-hmm. Steve McBride and John Hobbs, and a thank you to them for being so kind to me on Thursday night. So. Uh, they are the Steve Andrew Trio, and they have been so gracious to let me uh, kind of be the the uh, the fourth member of yeah, the trio right, on yeah. Thursday nights, and it's uh, it's been. Their jam's going good, huh? I think so. I mean, like in every jam, you know, you, you have up nights and down nights, and all of that. You have good ones and bad ones. Uh, you have good crowds and bad crowds. But I tell you what, uh, it's always. Uh, they're all fun. Some are just more fun than others. <laughs> Every time I go in there, it looks full to me. It is. You it know, is. We have some good players good come players in. Good players, too. Good know. players come in um, and that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and, uh, and I've enjoyed it tremendously. It's Great, They've man. been really good to me. Um, so, uh, last thing, mention your band again. Blue Plate Special. Blue Plate Special, Blue yeah. Plate Special and... and uh, Check our, uh, our Facebook page. I'm not on Facebook, but I'm told there's one out there with our schedule on it. And uh, and uh, come see us. I'll be, uh, for the most part, at, uh, at uh, the firehouse with Steve and the guys on Thursdays when I, uh, every opportunity I have. And I know that some of our other guys are out. at uh, There's a jam at Dirty Harry's, I think, in Blue mm-hmm. Springs where mm-hmm. Willie and Jim hang Thursday, out a lot yeah. Thursday nights and, uh, and that kind of thing. So, yeah. And again, to the young musicians who might be watching this, going, I don't know if I could do that. You can do it. Mm-hmm. Just do, do it. it. Just get out and do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're at the firehouse, come up and say hello. I'd be more than happy to talk to you. And if you want to tour the rig, I can do that, or play the guitars, or mm-hmm. or ask questions. Whatever you need to 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 to. People uh, want to help you. People want to help you. Mm-hmm. They are a very welcoming crowd. Very yeah. welcoming in in all jams, really. That's it. That's the show. All right, dude. Phil, thanks it's for great having, to thanks talk for, to you. Yeah, yeah. Great to talk to um, you. Again, another another edition of KC Music Talk. Um, we're out of here. See you next time. <laughs>